the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's get underway on a Tuesday. The uh, female power panel is in. Well, kind of in. Um, Megan is not here today. She's out exercising, I guess. Is that what she's doing? She is. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> she's lost her mind. <laughs> Even in the military, they didn't get us up that early yeah. to exercise. She right? They, they let camp. you sleep in a little bit. You know, 6 o'clock was usually when you're out and the sun's coming up and, you know, you to rooster crowing in the background and stuff and all that. Although over over in Guam, it was the pigs were winking. Oh, <laughs> as far as that was going, but anyway, uh, that was yeah. I don't I don't understand that at all. Somehow that supposedly helps you lose more weight and makes you more fit. Just makes me sleepy later in the oh, day. No. That's just the and way hungry. I am. Yeah, and hungry. <laughs> Well, the mess hall is open when you know in the military, so you, you can work out and then go hit the go mess eat. hall. Yeah. And I, I'm gonna be honest with you, I never had any problem with the mess halls in the military. It was good food, mm-hmm. <laughs> even when you were overseas and you know it was powdered eggs and stuff. They still oh. they still had ways of making it you put taste good. Cheese on it, right? Oh um, yeah, well, <laughs> it was good stuff. It really was. It wasn't bad at all. wasn't wasn't bad. I enjoyed it. But anyway. Uh, she won't be here. Elizabeth text, uh, texted me early this morning. Uh, she woke up a little bit under the weather, so she won't be here today. But but Heather Beach is here today. Good she's morning. sitting right right across from me, and she's brought a friend. And uh, told me about uh, a story that was happening in Cabot. And, of course, my ears always go up when people say Cabot. I've, been, I've lived there now for 18 years. doesn't seem possible, but for 18 years. And uh, Missy Bosch is with us, and she's joined us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. She's had a Lori Lee experience. Does everybody know who Lori Lee is? You told us about her last yep. week. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, she, see the scarf up there? See, that's that's with the folks that okay. fight for school choice. Okay. She stands behind them, works with them, works with family council. But uh, at the time, she was living up in northwest Arkansas, and uh, came across some books uh, in the school library and she wanted to know why they were there because they were not the kind of books that you wanted your kids to read nope and uh, in fact the school had rules supposedly that supposedly keep books like that out and i think we're going to hear kind of the same story this morning from missy and let me just say thanks what you're doing because a lot of people would come across stuff like that and wouldn't do anything and i'm one of the most you know this i'm one of the biggest uh first amendment people in the world i don't like 
getting rid of books, but um, something like this doesn't need to be in a school library. Nope. I'm wondering, did you happen to look to see, do you have Tom Sawyer in a school library? Well, I haven't actually been in the library. We have students, undercover students, doing the the queries and the searches. Yes, it's been great. Like, (laughs) kids, parents are just saying, hey, do you, you know, is this in the school library? And all they have to do is go to a search in the library, and it all pops up what they have, you know, right there for you to check out. And they can check it out. There's, There's not like a special section, right? No. It had call numbers on it. You could go right up to the, the book and pull it out. Pull it so out it was what was on their computer. So I've heard school systems, parents finding these books, but they're not listed in their database. And so mm-hmm. somebody had slipped them on the shelf. These are the ones that we found are in the library. They're under the Dewey Decimal System is exactly. what you're telling me. Okay. Yep. You remember the Dewey Decimal System? I do. Do you remember... <laughs> Now they, I, I don't know if they had them when you were in school or not. They had a card catalog. Card oh, yeah. catalog. Yes. I remember that. <laughs> and you'd put your card upside on the side sideways to yeah. go and get your and book. And then yeah. you had to go through it. And then you stuck uh, something in there to yep. you hold know, your place. Hold your place. I yeah. remember that. Absolutely. Well, you're a little older than I thought you were, Heather. I won't ask your age. <laughs> okay. I'm 68, man. I re- I remember when they had st- they had they had that stuff in the, in the card catalog, but it was. It was typed on stone. <laughs> on stone? <laughs> chiseled. Chiseled yeah, on stone. Chiseled, yeah. You know, like the Flintstones, you know, or something. But anyway, that's, oh, I remember wow. it like that. Anyway, I wanted her to come on and tell her story because everybody needs to know about this. And then the superintendent needs to take action. Right, right. And you so. Know? And I know Thurman. I, you know, typically, uh, it doesn't take a lot of pushing to get him to do the right thing. Right. He'll do it. He'll do it. So I'm just telling you, Thurman, all right, you got to get these books off the shelf. We don't want them. So Um, tell us what what you ran into. All right. So um, it all started back when the last minute masks were mandated, you know, against the Constitution, against parental rights, against any executive order that was even available to do that kind of thing. And a lot of parents were able to pull their kids out, but I wasn't because um, we have a special needs daughter and there's just a lot of things that we got to think about before Mm -hmm. we just pull our kids Plus, I homeschooled for 10 years. And okay, good for you. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm exhausted. I have four kids. I don't want to do that again. So um, somehow I became the point of contact for everybody. And You're so the poster child. I'm the poster child. And so um, parents have been emailing me curriculum, uh, pictures of what their kids find in the library. Um, one parent actually found a book and called the teacher. Teacher pulled it right from the curriculum. Um, it is outlawed in a lot of states but it's just it's a graphic novel about a girl growing up in iran but what she writes in her book is true but is it is it good for kids to know about what happened to her under the revolutionary um, regime in iran and it was very graphic and disgusting and the teacher pulled it right out but the rest of these they for some reason they didn't talked they wanted me to do a really long form to get them removed and so i actually read how you get books removed and there's an informal process. How about that? Hmm. And it doesn't take all these forms that they're asking. So I'm not asking right now curriculum to be removed. These are library books that the kids have access to. All right. These are in the school library. In the school library. All right. The high school library? High school library. Okay. So we haven't checked Freshman Academy or the other crazy books that these parents are showing, like the gender unicorn and different things like that, what? that they're giving out at kindergarten. To take home in other states. Mm-hmm. It's out of control. Okay. So um, 
a parent sent this to me, and I quickly looked them up. Some of them are on Common Sense Media. Parents, if you don't know that website, it is phenomenal. You type in a movie, a book, an author, something, and it will tell you directly. You know, it gives it a rating for sex, for language, for violence, for drugs and alcohol. Okay. And so the first one I looked up is a book called Juliet Takes a Breath. Okay, this was all under the search of the child, the teenager, did a search under um, queer and gay. Okay. Okay, so we don't know if there's 50 Shades of Grey in our right. library either. So I haven't done that search. I do want to look because I am against all porn in oh, school. Yeah. Right. Um, and so the first one was Juliet Takes a Breath, and I instantly typed that in, and Common Sense Media just ripped it apart. It said they should not be in school. Um, from page one, derogatory words towards women, just used throughout the entire book, um, and, of course, every cuss word that you can imagine. That's just the language. But for the sex portion, it is explicit in how these women are having sex. So it's not, you know, the word relationship. It is step-by-step, including personal gratification. You know, all of it is in detail in this book. Okay. Um, There was a couple more look by Romanoff. Um, This one also, sexually explicit scenes. So just think Fifty Shades of Grey, however explicit that was. I never read it. Saw snips of a movie and I was like, meh, that's not for me. Right. (laughs) Um, And so, of course, all of these also, you know, they're under the guise of a relationship. And I think a lot of parents were afraid to speak out because they're like, well, you're a homophobe. Exactly. Yeah. So can I. Right. So under the guise of. Can I say how they attack you right right, off the bat. And my family will tell you I'm not. But they'll tell you that I'm against all porn. Well, you don't want to sexualize your kids. That's the problem. Is that they're wanting to sexualize our kids and numb them to the fact that sex is actually important, you know, and not just something that you can just um, push off the wayside. So look by Romanoff was also very, very graphic. Um, I'm not going to go into details. I had one, you know, I did come across one that I don't think had anything and it was a queer history of the United States for young people. So all that was nothing was graphic. It just talks about. The history. Oh, the history. Some people that were in the United States that were queer, mm-hmm. right? And that's fine. But the other one was done by a grandmother, and she read the book while she was down for cancer, I guess. And so she was writing out this review, and she's like, I have no idea why it's targeted for 10-year-olds. Oh my I gosh. don't want my 10-year-old to, to be questioning, um, first of all, there's sexual acts that they don't even know the words right. at 10 years old. And then she's like, and how do you explain that, you know, this whole gender identity thing? Kids at 10 are just like, hey, man, let me go play and play my game and give me some food and chips. Right. Right. So now all of a sudden we're like, oh, well, do you think you're this and do you think you're that? And we're trying to make them question what they've never questioned before. Right. And so that's what these books are doing subliminally, um, teaching them that, no, you're not a boy. You're not a girl. It's confusing them. It's yeah. confusing. It's, it's gender it's confusion, yep. Yep. not right. identity. It's right. confusion. Yep. Um, and so a couple of them were totally fine, and I'm not going to ask them to be removed. They were just like sports yeah. people that are gay or whatever. Right. But a couple of them were just so graphic that everybody that did a review, because some of them aren't on Common Sense Media, but some of them that were reviewed were just like, um, I can't believe they say this is good for 14 years old and up or even, you know, because once it gets into explicit, my kid can't go to a library and check out a Playboy 
or, you know, you have to yeah. have an ID. Yeah. And so while one thing is pictures, this is graphic detail, which to me is way worse than pictures. Oh, absolutely. Because you can imagine it. Right, right. All yeah. right. Let's take a break. All right. We're going to get a break in, and then we'll be back and talk with Missy some more. Thus far, what has been the uh, administration's mm-hmm. response? We'll talk about that when we come back. East End Towing, don't forget about them. You know, if you run into a problem... Whatever it is, for instance, let's say your car breaks down on the side of the highway and you're towing your boat. What do you do? What do you do? I mean, seriously, do you just leave the boat sitting on the side of the highway and know when you come back, the tires will be gone on the trailer and maybe the boat will be gone as well? I don't think so. East End Towing knows what to do in that situation or your camper. You know, you can have one of those big campers. I mean, what what are they going to do then? Also, you want to make sure that when you're towed, they take your car where you want it to be taken to and not some impound lot somewhere. East End Towing's got all the answers for you. The phone number uh, for them is 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849. Put that in your phone and call East End Towing when you need them and tell them Dave sent you. All right. Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. If you're from Cabot, you may be finding some things out today that you weren't aware of. And (laughs) and we'll thank Missy for that, all right? Because it only takes one parent to at least pull the shades back, a little light in. And, uh, you know, a few years back, I I forget how many years it has been, over eight because it was when I was at another radio station that we did it. But uh, Lori Lee was the person who who did it up in northwest Arkansas. And those books were taken out. Now, I don't know if they're still gone, all right, because Lori doesn't live up there anymore. So I don't know if somebody has picked up, you know, the torch, so to speak, and, and carried on, because that's the key. you you got to just keep at it. If you don't keep at it, they'll, they'll say the heat's off and... Right. Yep. We'll, we'll move on right. and, and, and do stuff again. And a lot of people say, well, Dave, you're just against the school boards. No, 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 no. That, that's not true. Um, many school boards do exactly what they're supposed to do. And uh, they stay within the rules. They stay within the, the guardrails on the highway. And, uh, and they take care of things. But then there are some school boards that they just don't pay attention. Right. You know, I'm not saying that they put those books in knowingly, knowing what was in them. They just, you know, they they just want to be progressive. Yeah, right, right. And put them on the school and put them on the on the on the shelves. Well, they don't need to be up exactly. there. Exactly. That's that's as that's the simplest way to put it. So Missy has come across some of this stuff thus far, and I asked, I, I mentioned that we'd get to this when we got back from the break. What's been the uh, results from the administration? Well, I emailed the board, um, the principal of the high school, and then the administrator, of course. And I got an email back from the administrator, and he said, um, essentially, here's a form. You need to fill out page 20. There's a a way that we remove books from the school. And I open up this, you know, policy letter and this this attachment, Uh and I realize... Oh, they can. I can only remove one book per month, and only if they say that it can be removed. And I'm thinking, 
oh my gosh, there's like eight books here. So I go back up to the top and I start reading the policy. Well, lo and behold, there is an informal process that's supposed to happen first. And we as parents or the community, according to their policy, have a right to know everything that's in their school. And the informal process is you tell me as a parent why it's in your school. Don't force me to tell you it needs to be out. You give me a good reason why there's pornography in the school, and then I'll tell you what I think about it. Okay, so the the principal has to make this decision, or is there somebody over over the principal? I mean, I know the superintendent and all of those, but I'm just saying. So the media specialist, so the library slash media specialist, and they gave me a name, um, Dr. Thurman did, and I think Dr. Another doctor, Dr. Mel- Melanie Durkop. Okay. And so I don't know who she is yet, and I have not heard from her. And so essentially she's going to reply back to me why these books should be allowed or not allowed, because they can pull them instantly. You don't have to go through a process. Wow. Um, and then once she tells me which books she feels should stay, if they're the ones that are clean, you know, we'll be fine with it. Yeah. But their policy specifically says parents have every right to know every book in the library, every piece of curriculum and every alternative curriculum. And challenge those books if necessary. And then oh, yeah. And a parent did, and it worked. Everybody sits down and looks at them, mm-hmm. and then they say, you know, well, you know, maybe we should leave Huckleberry Finn in there or whatever. I mean, right. I bring that up just because... That was a very contentious yes, book. Yes. Right. You know, and, and, and people got it out of some schools and not at others. They don't see it as the great literature it is. Right. All right. But I don't think uh, explaining how to have, you know, oral copulation and things of that nature is great literature. Well, it's not teaching them anything, anything. You know, like I'm all for good classic books. Like my kids, I forced them to read those classics when we were homeschooling and they would learn a good book will take your child and teach them a lesson that they never learned before, mm-hmm. uh, a life lesson, right? Not a sexual position, right? Exactly. Right? right? Like that's not absolutely <laughs> that's right. not what children need to be learning. Right. I'm with I'm with you on that, but that that's the problem that we've got in the school the, the school systems in America today is that it's not just about reading, writing, and arithmetic, so to speak. It's, oh no, it's it's all oh yeah, it's dumbing it's them much down with the curriculum, than that. dumbing them down with the curriculum. Yeah. Sexualizing them. Uh, it's just well, and then the other thing that we did challenge in that um, Dr. Thurman said they're going to call the vendor who creates the questions is another parent. And I a very well-known parent. Her son was in 10th grade and he was taking his 10th grade health test. Uh-huh. And the question specifically said, Ben was in an accident and broke his penis. What surgery should he have? <laughs> um, what is relevant. I don't even know, right? Because this health class is teaching them if ectomy is at the end or a lostomy, you know, like these different endings. Right, right. Why do we have to go there? Right. Right? That is inappropriate. And so he did say he would contact the vendor to get that question changed. But I'm thinking a 10th grade boy, 15, there, and that's why he snapped the picture of the question and sent it to his mom and was like, oh my gosh, look what I have to answer. Right, right. You know, like, who wants that? And girls, of course, take the same test. Right. And you know they're all laughing in class about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So What happened to health class? Let's learn anatomy. Right. Like, just specifically anatomy and how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was in school, it was all about plumbing. I, I mean, come on. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get I that don't at either. all. I don't. You know, I don't get that kind of stuff. And I would be just as irate as you are. You can ask some of my 
kids teachers yeah. that had to do, deal with me yeah you know like what was it something writing uh where you just the kid just supposedly writes down his thoughts and or her thoughts and don't worry about Journaling. spelling yeah. don't forget about spelling and and all of that and my son brought a paper home and i said read this to me and he just started making up a story right i mean he couldn't read it because right. it wasn't spelled right or anything so I went and saw the teacher about it. What was that called? Creative writing. Creative writing. That's what it's yeah. called. Creative writing. They just want writing. your thoughts and not your yeah, actual. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, the, you know, the, this is to get the creative juices going and stuff. And I said, what about correcting spelling? Oh, we don't worry about that, Mr. Ellswick. You know, they're going to write on computers. They got spell check. And I looked, I, I just looked at her and just, just looked at her and said, there, there, and there. Which one you use? Right. <laughs> And she looked at me so like important. she was uh-huh. stupid, you know? Yep. And I said, no, there's a, they need to learn how to spell. They do. Right, they do. You know, get the little blue books back in class again. Remember yeah. the yep. vocab books? They need to get right. vocab books back in yes, school. Yes, they do. And, you know, the curriculum is so important because we went to the, I call it the State of the Union address that they did at the last Cabot meeting. And um, I'm going to have you hold because perfect. we're close to taking news coming up here. On the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm getting to my clock right now. All right. Don't forget about PI Roofing. Uh, Joel Johnson, his wife, Veronica, have done a great job over the 20 years that the business has uh, been around. They started off. Let me just kind of give you a background on what Joel did. He got tired of not being able to do it the way he wanted to do it, which is the correct way, to be honest with you. And he would drive around neighborhoods. And you can look at roofs if you know what you're looking for and tell the roofs that got problems. And he would go to those homes and he would knock on the door and he says, I can tell you got some leaks. And he says, uh, will you let me get up there and, and take care of them, find them for you? And they would have, they would let them do that. That's, that's why they're called the, 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 the leak detectives at PI Roofing is because that's what they were doing for the first few years and he slowly built this business now into the business that it is today look somebody that comes to joel and wants to work for him uh he he's willing to give jobs and he needs people in fact but he needs people that know what they're doing so he's got a big building and they've got in one part of the building they've got a roof built and they make people get up there, and they'll say, okay, put some shingles on there. And he'll watch what they're doing. And if they don't do the way they're supposed to do, then they don't get a job. Uh, I can guarantee you that the people that work for Joel Johnson have been taught how to hang shingles. Uh, they have been taught how to do it the PI roofing way so that they'll last and so that you don't have to have somebody up on your roof every year uh, because with the materials they got now uh, they're almost lifetime materials that to put on correctly you shouldn't have to worry about your roof it's that simple so you just call you know joel johnson's people at 707-3551 707-3551 and uh, they'll come out and look at your roof and they'll tell you where it stands whether you need a new one or you need some work on yours or you're fine. It's that simple. No harm, no foul. That's just the way it is. And uh, again, 
707-3551 or visit them online at piroofing.com. All right, Missy Botch is with us as well as uh, joining us today is Heather Beach. And we're talking about what's going down over in Cabot right now and about books that, that Missy has come across that's in, in the uh, school library that really shouldn't be in the school library. And she's following all the procedures. And how, how long has this been going on now? Uh, probably just a week and a half, two weeks. Okay. Um, yeah. I just haven't heard back from this doctor lady who is supposed to. You well, know, she's probably pulling the books and looking at them. Possibly. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully doing hopefully her job. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they got in there in the first place. Yeah. How That's did they what get I would there? like to know the procedures for ordering books and placing them in the library. Yeah. That would be a good thing to let parents know. Yep. I agree with that. Other parents as well. across the state need to be looking into this in their schools as well. And, and by the have, way, the, it was not the parents that went into the school. To get the books because that's somewhat difficult to it do. It actually that. is difficult as a parent. You have to call and make an appointment. You have to be guided. Um, I'm sure at this point now that you know, I and I don't, I don't want them to feel on the defensive. Um, well, they should be on the defensive. <laughs> they got this kind of crap in the library. Well, they should, but you know, I just happen to be the mouthpiece, you know, right. and so they think I'm attacking them. But I just, I, I love my kids so much. And I want them to have such a good education right. that I'm just not going to stop. Like you can, you can make, you know, whatever accusations about me, but they don't know. They just think I'm a stay at home mom that has nothing better to do. Right. They don't know my background. Okay. So, um, so the last thing also, it, it started with the curriculum when I mentioned it to a large group of parents that are following with the mask and everything was, you know, Hey, we got these scores back from the ACT Aspire and then the ACT and Kids K through six, we're doing okay on the ACT Aspire at the end of the year. Now, this is the nationalized test that goes against all the other states because uh-huh. they get tested, you know, on their little curriculum that they use here. Well, then in seventh grade, seventh through twelfth, these kids are failing miserably. So I go in there and I'm like, why isn't the K through six failing? Well, the K through six are using Common Core math, a book written by the creator of common core okay now common core math if we've all heard Mm -hmm. it takes 15 steps to get the same thing that i could tell you to do in one step right okay so they're using common core math and then my son brought home wit and wisdom they're using that for language wit and wisdom is already brought up in tennessee and a, a b1 bomber mom retired um bought all the curriculum had a bunch of parents go through it because they heard it was laced with common core not common core critical race theory Mm -hmm. and um and so she took it and was posting pictures of what she found. And the makers of Wit and Wisdom are, are suing her for copyright issues. Okay. She's the one that called them out. The school's like, we're not going to remove that. And now she's being sued because she put pictures of what actually is what our kids are reading. Right. So I look at my kids' Wit and Wisdom book, and they're learning about uh, a, a Native American tribe. And I start reading through the pages. And I'm from Montana. You know, we were intermingled with Native Americans. We learned all kinds of um, right. Native American things. We learned the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, because we have a lot of ugly. But the book that I read from him, filled, filled with nothing but the white man hates the environment. The white man is killing all of our animals. The white man, the white man, the white man. And I asked my son, I'm like, did you learn anything besides the bad part that like 
the culture of these Native Americans, their dances, their jewelry, their, you know, we would go and do powwows mm-hmm. in Montana. We would actually go and watch them do these ceremonial dances. And I'm, you have such a respect for the Native Americans after you learn everything. Right. And he's like, no, no, not We're at just going to focus on the hate. Just focus on the hate. And I was, so I, I did what I was supposed to. I talked to the curriculum specialist at Cabot. I, you know, to the school board, some guy on the school board instantly was like, how can you say our students are dumb? And, you know, he lashed out. And I was like, that's not your job as a school board member to lash out. I just would like to know why we're using this. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a process, of course, every few years you change out your curriculum. So I emailed Johnny Keys and the state school board. <laughs> Johnny Keys is like, your school chose it. I'm out. Like, but they offer this on their website. And the other thing that this cracks me up is that our school board, um, Mr. Randolph, who does our curriculum, says, well, we chose curriculum that is widely accepted through the rest of Arkansas. And I'm thinking, why would you mimic the rest of Arkansas that is failing with their curriculum? Why not look at the Northeast or the Northwest and see what they're doing? Or even Florida. How did they go from 29th to number three in three years? Eliminated. Outlawed all common core material. School vouchers. I mean, right there. This is in Florida? Oh, yeah. I did DeSantis. not know that. Oh, well, you need I mean, to look it up. DeSantis. So I learned it from Dean Odell, who is running for the governor of Alabama. He gave the speech last week, and I was like, I instantly looked it up. DeSantis is doing everything right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I, so I told you, I've worked with several of our state legislators trying to get this, you know, them to put in what DeSantis has done yeah. about uh, getting the money to follow the students to whatever school they want to go to. Competition between the schools will get us back to the place. And I keep saying we have seven, eight thousand dollars per student in Cabot. We should have the best curriculum in the state. Yeah, that is a lot of money. Well, Cabot is considered one of the best schools in the state. It's only because it's safe and the teachers are so kind and loving. It's mm-hmm. not because our scores reflect anything. You know, when you reflect our scores amongst the rest of Arkansas, yeah, we might look good. But you take Arkansas versus Massachusetts. Right. Uh Right. There's no comparison, right? You know, so that's that's what I I've been working on, and of course I got shut down. We got to wait for appropriate time, but you know I just these are the kind of things that that ignite me, right? Because I don't want my kids to graduate from Arkansas High School and then have to take remedial training before getting a basic college course. Yep. And I heard thirty percent of Arkansas kids have yeah, to take remedial it's, classes. It's significantly high. It yes. really is. That's exactly what sad. happened to me when I graduated. I had like A's and B's. And you still All had through to high take- school and then I got in college and I was like, Oh my gosh <laughs> You know? They yeah. just pass you along. That's what well, they yeah, do. They sure. just pass you along, you're a good kid and yep. you know And that's in our they make things easy well. on you. Yep. So College was a wake-up call, for sure. <laughs> Shows you what you got yep. educated on. I mean, on. I did fine when I got college, but it was just, it was an adjustment, yeah. you know. So. Yeah, I talked to my my uh, grandchild about that, because he's down in Louisiana Tech now, and he wants to be an ar- an engineer, pardon me, not an architect, an engineer. And I said, now you understand that the teachers are going to tell you that this book is supplemental to the class, mm-hmm. but you will be tested on it. And he says, what are you saying? I said, you got to read it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And then you got to know how to go in and take notes out of it. Yeah. You know, do you know how to outline a chapter in a book? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. 
So I showed him yeah. how to do it, you know, and uh, he's doing okay right now. Yeah. But it, it, it's a huge, huge, uh, it's a huge mm-hmm. change for a, for a student to go from high school to, oh, yeah. to college. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. And they're going to be expected to do some critical thinking on their own. Right. And hopefully your high school has helped them with that right. of how to do critical thinking. And I find that sadly lacking across. Oh, absolutely. Well, the you don't go plant. to school anymore to be taught how to how to research, right? And right. to think on your own. They just tell you what to think. Right. And so these kids don't know what to go like, oh, okay, I just believe what you say, you know. Right. Instead of saying, hey, let's go research this. Let's mm-hmm. figure out. And I think Do they that- even write, uh, you know, term papers anymore or theme papers? Yeah. Do yeah. they do that? They do. They, do. My do son they, is. Do they have to <clears throat> notate it and everything? No, so I think they just have to give it. No, I don't think. You know, I don't even remember doing that in high school. I think I that was like. I remember doing stuff like that. Yeah. I remember. Um, I remember I oh, got real good. Oh, the bibliography. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. The basic. Yes. I got real good on at the, the IBID statement. Yeah. <laughs> That's an IBID. <laughs> yeah, you learn. I mean, I felt like I learned a lot when I went to college as yeah, well. Right. Yeah. You I know, but I was an adult. It was a lot easier, too. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. anyway, I w- I'll get back to the book. Okay. So where are we so, standing? What? Do you, what so I'm waiting to hear back. How long are you going to give them um, to respond? Well, this week. I'm going to find out this lady's number, and then I'm going to call her directly. Um, because there was another one that they say is actually written as a um, a book. Now, it's in our library, but it was created as a educational book by this author named Christina Watkins, and it's called Date Rape. And so what this this author has done on a lot of books is she takes the testimonies of people who have been raped mm-hmm. and she just inserts them into the book. OK. OK. So um, and I, I view this so horribly like I've watched, you know, documentaries on rape and whatever. And it's just it's so graphic and it's so evil and mean. Right. right. And so what she did is she took cop testimony and then she took authors pros and cons of certain issues and she laid them out. And to me. Like, why would you explicitly give details on how to rape somebody Wow! in high school? Like, mm-hmm. this isn't educational. Like, we need to talk to our kids about rape. But I am not going to tell my son, hey, read this book on how this lady was victimized in a dark alley and what he did to get away with it. Wow. Right? Like, <laughs> that's not what we teach our kids. Yeah. And so this is desensitizing our boys, especially um, maybe it's enlightening some girls on what happens but you know and it was just a pros and con um is date rape it says like because of drugs is date rape because of alcohol do we need to have stricter laws but the first two is like an actual testimony on rapes that happened um i don't know that's just insane to me missy do you feel like there's any hope for public schools anymore do you think it's just a done deal with public schools i don't i i see so many parents rising up that um if we could get back to the basics like desantis did in florida Mm -hmm. and each school is run by parents on the school board they are not grandparents they're not old long teachers they're not business owners they are parents that have a vested interest in what their kids learn and they change the policies that's our next thing we want to be able to air our grievances to our elected board officials every month when they vote on something. Right. You know, stop making us petition through email right. and not l- let anybody else know what's happening. Right. We can't speak at Cabot school boards. What? Uh, oh, yeah. No, that's a common It's against thing. the policy. In Cabot, Whitehall, they won't let you speak. It is. Yeah. They, it, have, they it, have their meetings in a very little small room. 
They only allow like maybe 10 or 12 people. Everybody else has to stand outside. Yep. This is it needs to stop. If I can come to the Capitol and talk to a legislator. Right. And say, hey, you're going out for this vote. I want you to know how I feel. Right. Um, I should be able to go to a school board meeting right. and it's let the other amendment. parents right. know what my problem is. There is a little girl that's at Cabot School that has been petitioning the school board and Thurman for two years on school dress. She showed up to the meeting last month. And they looked at her and didn't even say anything, didn't let her speak. She had been emailing them for two years. She bawled her eyeballs out. She's like, I have 200 signatures of students. I just want them to hear me. Yeah. Wouldn't even let her talk because she didn't get 50 signatures from 18 years or older to do a a legal filing for a petition. That's how we talk to our school board. All right. We'll be back. We're going to talk about that some more when we come back here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. And, yeah, I'm kind of like you guys. I think that school boards would like to minimize parent parental input as mm-hmm. much as they possibly can. Right. Hey, don't forget about Dustin Turner. The, the housing market's still hot. I mean, now's the time to sell if you're really looking to sell because the inventory is still low and it's still a seller's market. And uh, money is getting a little tighter, and some of the people who are out looking to buy are are sitting on their hands a little bit more now uh, and not not willing to pay some of the prices that are being asked to buy a home that are are sitting out there. Uh, I told you I'm looking to get into selling, but I still got a couple of things I need to do with my house because I had Dustin Turner out at my house. I asked him to come out. I wanted him to, to look at the home. We walked through it. Uh, he told me, you need to do that. Uh, you know, with the ferret eight part of the baseboard, you need to change that out. And uh, things of that nature. Plus, we're going to paint all of the uh, uh, the baseboards and the, and the, the doors and things of that nature uh, before we take the pictures to put it up so people can, can look at it. But the bottom line is, now's the time to sell if you're looking to sell and you need somebody that knows how to sell, it's not like it used to be. Uh, you might remember it used to move to a new community. You'd go see a realtor. They have this huge book that they'd bring out and sit down in front of you and you'd, you'd go through it and look at the pictures, you know? I mean, typically after doing that, you had to wear a trust because you had a hernia. But the bottom line is they this book was huge. I mean, huge. And you'd look at them and you'd write down five or six and ask the realtor to take you out to look at them and show them to you. Uh, used to have open houses. That kind of stuff is all parts of the past. Most of buying now is done on the Internet. And getting your pictures of your home in front of as many eyes as you possibly can and that's where Dustin Turner really excels. You go see Dustin, I guarantee you, you'll have a lot of people wanting to see your home, and then you'll end up with a, a lot of uh, offers. What you need to do is call Dustin Turner at 501-952-2969. You can Google him at Dustin Turner, the home team, or just go online to hometeamsoldit.com. That's hometeamsoldit.com. And then you probably can just start packing. All right, so take me back here, Missy. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk to the school board, you can't just show up. No. No, you have to um, send an email and ask for something to be put on the agenda. Okay. 
but you may not speak to them. And so the only way that we got an open... No, wait. These are elected officials, and you can't talk to them? No, not during the school board meeting. Oh, not okay. during their, um, even before or after, nothing. Even yeah. if they vote on something that you disagree with. Or you'll be with, a domestic I terrorist. was almost arrested at the last one where... Um, they voted to extend. <laughs> exactly, right? I was I was so upset about that. Thankfully, Arkansas School Board Association, you know, disavowed yeah. that. But I stood up because they chose to not mask 7th through 12th, but continue to mask K through 6. Well, that right. affects me. And I stood up and my lawyer, Greg Payne, said, mm-hmm. you may stand up and say, don't touch me. According to my First Amendment right, I can air my grievance. Yeah. Well, of course, the cops, you know, the Cabot School, like they all started swarming me and I wasn't doing anything. I was just speaking out. You may not speak out. You may not dis- be disruptful. Right. There's like a whole list. So the only way we can speak is to do what the Arkansas state law says. And I have to get 50 petition or 50 signatures of actual voters, not parents, because there's a lot of parents right. that are military and they're not voters. Well, they they don't count. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. So they can live in Lone Oak. They can have a kid, but I have to have an actual voter. Then I have to take it to the office, the clerk, yeah. have them look up each person individually. Yep. And then I take that form back to the school board. Yep. It is a process. Right. And that is, to me, that needs to be changed because other states allow for open grievance before and after. You just sign up the week before that you would like to speak yep. and to question them. Yep. And I think that that is... That's they're elected. Right. I can't. So I have to secretly email them. Yep. And half of them have never replied to my emails and they have been voted in, you know. Right. They're a dynasty. Yeah. yeah. The rule take. A lot, of, in, lot yes. of interesting things happening yes. in my hometown. Mm-hmm. I think I'll uh, make a phone call or two. Today. You should. And you should be asking some questions. Missy, thanks for coming in. Not easy to do what you're doing today. Because you put a target on yourself. I have already. Yep. I'm fine. You know, that's what Lori Lee did, and she got a lot of yep. a lot of grief for it. So uh, if you start getting grief, you let me know. Oh, I will. And I appreciate you coming in today. Yeah. Heather, thanks for coming yeah, in. Absolutely. Always a pleasure yes, having yes. you in. Bible yes. Guys are next. Stick around. The Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Steve Hess, 
had to work this morning, so he's on base doing his thing, and uh, Scott was out uh, doing his thing. Uh, I, I think, think he's, he's traveling. He's in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I can't keep up with him. He's doing some things that he has to do. I got a text from him about it. Yeah. He'll be back next week. Hopefully, Steve will be back as well. And uh, Billy has been uh, filling in. You know, when nobody's around, he's been doing this on his own. That's and me. Coming in and, and taking the questions. Last week, if you remember, we had someone question us about you know, why does God allow bad things to happen to innocent people? And be, yep. by innocent people, I'm, we're talking about young children. Yep. I mean, look, I did news for years, and I can tell you it's abhorrent what adults do to children yep. at times. Yep, yep, I yep. mean, it's it's just terrible. But is it God allowing it to happen, and is God? Uh, directing some of this to happen and people got questions about it a a lot of times the the questions is because they haven't studied enough and they don't know what the bible says about the world that we live in again i'm going to make the point and i know that we got an answer back from the person who asked us Mm -hmm. this question and they weren't happy with our answer and I just want to say that you live in a world and the world that you get up and you see every day that looks normal to you because the sun came up on the east and it sets in the west and, you know, there's air to breathe and there's flowers growing and whatnot is not the world that God wanted for us. Right, right. It is a fallen world. It is a fallen creation. Bible's very clear uh, that the creation groans yep waiting for the return of the savior yeah uh, um yes and i i realized um the moment we got the response that i began dealing with well you told me yeah i did i know yeah i know there's gonna be a response um this is what's gonna happen yes and and i and it did i I think i nailed that pretty accurately yeah you did i'm not a prophet or anything but i have been doing this for a while right um uh and uh, Part of the reason that I knew that was going to happen is that as I kind of rehearsed what had happened last week through my mind, I went, you know, I I, I answered the question, um, and maybe even a little bit superficially, and then we, we I, um, ended up following a rabbit trail away from the direct answer and talking about a whole lot of other uh, things that were very important. Um, but I, pro- I we. We spent an hour talking, but we certainly didn't talk about this specific uh, response for an hour. So let me come back. No, um, the the answer the the, the follow up question um, said basically: Are you saying that all of this happens because children are not really innocent and because they have original sin? The answer to that is absolutely. We not. never said that. Um, the The reason that this happens is that the world is sinful, um, and there are evil people in the world. Matter of fact, all of us without a savior are evil, period. Now, does your evil look like my evil look like somebody else's evil? No, probably not. But scripture says that from the moment we're born, our intentions are towards evil. And for some 
portion of the population that evil expresses itself through wanting to harm children. Now, I have talked in public, in smaller public venues, about what I'm about to talk about right here. I've, I've never done this on the air. I'm going to tell you, you mentioned a very specific statistic, that upwards of three quarters of a million children are abused in the U.S. alone every year. The reason I speak um, harshly about this particular subject is that I myself fall into that statistic. Um, And I won't go into any details, but I was six years old um, when I found myself a part of this statistic. So understand that I'm not speaking as someone on the outside looking in or as a pastor trying to appease you. Uh, I am speaking as a man of God who has experienced what we're talking about here. Abuse. Have um, dealt with that, both with some counseling and with a whole lot of, of prayer. I've been through all the questions that you're asking yourself right now. Um, you know, why did God allow this to happen? Why does God allow bad things to happen, period? And that was probably why my answer was not as detailed as it could have been last week, because this is something I've wrestled with for you know more than 30 years at this point, I guess, I guess since I'm getting ready to turn 48, something I've dealt with more than 40 years at this point. So the short answer is because God, by and large, does not interfere. What's he supposed to do? Uh, let me let me ask that from a different question. What's he supposed to do? Everyone who has in their heart the desire to commit a sin, he just kills them because guess what? There wouldn't be any of us. No. Nope. Um. So okay, only people who desire to harm people who are innocent. Well, what form of innocent? I mean, where where do we draw lines? You see, the problem with the question that you've asked: Why does God allow that to happen? is because God's primary desire is that none should be lost. The the Bible says clearly, this is the will of God, that none should be lost. And if he were to just kill people when they started to commit a horrific sin, it removes from the potential the possibility that they would ever repent. Look, I know who my abuser was. Um, I know that right before that man died, that he found Jesus. Do I hate what he did? Absolutely. Would it have killed? Thank God his mother went to be with the Lord long before it came to light. Would it have killed his mother to find out what he had done? Absolutely. Was I angry for years about what had happened? Eh. Yes and no. I mean, in, in much the same way, you're, you're sometimes angry about something, but it's, it's kind of a secondary sort of thing. Am I thrilled that the man that the man found Jesus? That's a tough one. It really is. I I, I believe in honesty, right? Um, I guess when I get to heaven, I'll have to tell him I'm glad you're here, but please go to the other side of heaven, <laughs> right? I mean, right. it's like, look, you, you need to live on the other side of the street or something. Um, you you don't need to be living next door to me, right? So. There has to be room for grace. There has to be room for grace for all of us. Um, Am I saying that all sin is created equal? Absolutely not. Matter of fact, Jesus himself said it would be better 
if you tied a millstone around your neck and threw yourself into the river than to harm a child. It is the most egregious thing that man can do to other man. But there still has to be room for salvation. There still has to be room for all to have the opportunity to be saved. There still has to be the room room for God's will, which is that none should be lost to play out. Now, I know that's not going to satisfy you. It didn't satisfy me. It didn't satisfy me for years and years and years. Um, I went through a long period of time where I was angry. And understand that uh, while I was abused at six, I suppressed that until I was uh, in the sixth grade, which would make me, what, 12 or 13? Um, I was just sitting in class one day in sixth grade, and all of a sudden, there it was. I knew exactly what had happened, full detail, knew who it was, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And it took a long time for me to get to a position where, A, I stopped blaming God because it's not God's fault. Um, It is sinful man's fault. Um, It took me a long time to come to grips with what had happened. It took me a long time to not blame my parents. It took me a long time not to blame the caregiver that was involved. Um, there is healing on the other side. If if you are specifically the one to whom something has been done, you probably need some professional help. And I'm not I'm not using. I, I sought some professional help. I believe in professional help. Um, part of why we do what we do here on the air is that we believe people should have help. Uh, I, I spend my life, the, the men around this table, we spend our lives helping other people. So well, we you work in the prisons and work with people who are broken when they will let us in. I absolutely do. So, um, <clears throat> not, not to mention that I, I speak to people every week. Um, some personally at, at church, some, uh, via the interwebs, et cetera, et cetera. So if, if, you, if it's you personally who, who have been abused, seek some professional help. It'll do you worlds of good. All right. We'll be back. We'll continue this discussion. We've, got, we've given a lot of time today to, to dis, you know, discuss this because it is a hard topic. All right. Are you concerned about out-of-control government spending? How about soaring inflation? All those are going on right now. Did you hear that oil was $82 a barrel yesterday? Uh, Political unrest and a rapid decline of the U.S. dollar. That's why millions of Americans now are investing in silver and gold to help protect their nest eggs. Don't let 1970s-style inflation destroy your retirement. Learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets at IRA, the 401k, and hard-earned savings by calling 501-222-3315. The David Lucas Financial folks work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country. So you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust. To learn more about buying silver and gold, call 501 222 3315. That's 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial, 
an Arkansas registered investment advisor. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, Bible Guys. In uh, we went back and uh, and talked about what we spoke on last week because we've got a response from the person who sent us the question. And uh, as I looked at it, and then as Billy looked at it, we figured we didn't answer it in totality, which may have caused some confusion, and that's what we don't want to cause. Right. We don't want to cause confusion. I will say this, though, uh, and, and uh, I don't know if Billy feels this way or not, but it is a way that I feel about it because a lot of things has happened in my life uh, that weren't my choice to have happen to me. Sure. I mean, I've had... I've had children who have been abused. I have had, you know, two sons that were abused, two daughters who were abused, and uh, by people outside the family. So uh, it's not something that is foreign to me. And, uh, yeah, I was, I, I can tell you I had a lot of anger, and I I was sitting and questioning God. But in, in those quiet moments, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to highly recommend to you that you always set up some time that you sit down, get away from everybody else. I know you think it's impossible. It's not. You can turn off your phone and uh, you can uh, go somewhere away from your family. You might want to just sit on the edge of the parking lot at Walmart. I don't mm-hmm. know, but just get away from everybody and then be quiet yep be quiet yep and 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 search you know to hear that voice from god from the holy spirit and let him speak to you and he's done that to me in the past i got an answer today i i didn't tell the ladies but i got an answer today about this whole thing about god telling me he wanted me to get a school started oh yeah from one of my guests today brought I, something up i have to a me. word remind me at the break i have a word for you as well okay um maybe someone to reach out and contact okay who's doing something very similar down in texas and y'all probably need to hook up in some way form or fashion because okay. what they're doing is amazing work down there well, i'm just saying if if this comes to fruition uh you will want to put your children in this school yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just telling you yep you're going to want to put your kid in this school uh, anyway, bottom line is this. You get quiet. You commune with the Holy Spirit. It's a person. Yep. He's there. He wants to commune with you. He wants to talk with you. And here's what he's told me at times when I've questioned, why do you let this happen? Why do you let that happen? Blah, blah, blah. Because I think I'm a pretty smart guy and I get irritated at times. And here's what he says. You don't have the mind of God. Right, right. You don't have the mind. I've been praying about that, to have the mind of Christ. Some things have already started to change because of that. But I'm just telling you that I am a finite individual. Yep. And I cannot tell you that God should do this. or that I can't tell God that. God is God. I mean, he's perfect. He knows exactly what we need 
even before we ask. So the, the bottom line is, as the Bible says, his way is yep. not your way. And you must also understand <clears throat> that God is amazing at taking what is meant for evil and, and turning it into good and making it good. And I know the moment I uttered those words, you're sitting there thinking, but, 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 and I will tell you that over the course of the last 45 years of my life, that there have been, okay, so probably not that long, um, because <laughs> that would make me three, right? Yeah. But over the course of my ministry, how's that? There have been people that I have been able to have conversations with and help them heal who I would not even be able to understand had I not experienced what I experienced. That's right. I, I, it's, I it's, understand what you're saying. Do I wish it had not happened to me? Absolutely. Am I thankful that God took that and created an opening for me to be able to help other people? Absolutely. Absolutely. No. I, it, is, it is an evil that happened in my life, but as a result, it is an evil to which I can speak with others who are also wounded. God took something that was bad and gave it the opportunity to be good. Now, how we react to that opportunity really determines whether it becomes something that is festering in our soul or an opportunity to worship God. And I'm going to say, and, and please don't be offended, I'm going to say at this point it appears to me, having dealt with a lot of people over the years, that you're festering right now just a little bit. And you're wanting to blame God for something that has happened. And I under, absolutely understand. And so does God. And he's not offended that you're angry at him at this particular moment. He's not scared of the fact that you're angry over something that has happened. He's not scared that you're questioning why. He doesn't mind a question. He really doesn't. God is big enough that he is not afraid of your doubts. He's not afraid of your fears. He's not afraid of your questions. He is perfectly okay with who he is yeah and he knows who he is the key is how much do you know about what god is he also knows who we are and he understands that we are broken and that's the other thing i i bring this up to people from time to time people will say i can't believe this is going on that's going on and here's what i tell them you live in a fallen world of course it's going to be this and understand that that part of what we're seeing here is um, just the time that we live in, we know that God has always, uh, right before God seriously judges a nation, what we see is that nation abusing its most helpless, the children and the old. Um, what sent Israel into um, exile more than once was the fact that they weren't protecting the children and or they were they were literally offering them up as burnt offerings to false gods. Mm. Um, I, I don't think this is anything more than the natural outcome of where we are historically on God's timetable, uh, you know, it's God is about to the point where he's going to become the ultimate judge of all of this. Um, and unfortunately, the sins that we see play out right before that happens. You're right that God is angry about this and he's angry enough about this that this is generally the last straw that breaks the camel's back. He goes, OK, look, if you're not even going to protect your own children, I will step in and protect them all by punishing all of you. Now, Unfortunately, this last punishment is the big one, I'm afraid. Uh, I, I think we have reached the point where God's like, I'm done with all of you. Watch this. Um, yeah. and, and then we get to go look at the book of Revelation, and 
I don't know that I want to see those things. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. All right, we got to get a break. Uh, Bill O'Reilly is coming up, and we're going to hear what he has to say. When I get back, I'm going to tell you about Hillcrest Jewelry, and then uh, we're going to talk more with Billy. Well, unless you have your uh, head in the sand, you've heard the story about if you're wanting to buy gifts for Christmas, you should be doing it now because of the supply chain problems that we have going on in our country and overseas and it's affecting everybody so what uh, you should be doing is getting getting ready right now so i'm going to suggest that you get a hold of eric over at hillcrest designer jewelry number one you need to if you want something unique something that is made just for one specific person that's going to be completely different from anything else anybody else can have because eric's going to design it you got to get with him now because you don't do that kind of work over a couple of days it usually takes about a month to make something like that come to fruition so uh, if you'll give him a call at 501-246-3655 he'll set up an appointment for you to come in and sit down with him and tell him what it is you're looking for now, that's just for a gift if you're looking for, you know, engagement rings or wedding sets and things of that nature. He can do that for those types of rings as well. Uh, and you need to, you know, make sure that you're getting them done well ahead of time so they'll be ready to go. Then he can, he can do a brooch, he can do a necklace, he can do a bracelet, he can do all kinds of stuff for you uh, over at hillcrest designer jewelry now for christmas specifically he's got a lot of stuff on display but usually people are looking for something unique so you need to sit down and talk to eric again give him a call and you you want to reach him over at uh uh, hillcrest designer jewelry just call him at 501-246-3655 or if you'd like you can stop by and visit him at 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard, Suite E in Little Rock. He opens at 10 a.m. Just go to the door, ring the buzzer. He'll let you in, and you'll like Eric. Eric's a great guy, and uh, talk to him about – he loves jewelry, by the way. And uh, he will uh, talk to you about what it is specifically that you want. That's Hillcrest designer jewelry the phone number again 501-246-3655 all right billy's here for the bible guys today uh we got a couple guys that are out missing right now they're taking care of things they got to take care of uh, as far as making a living uh, or they're doing something like uh, scott is with the church so with those two things in mind billy is uh, the number one guy with us today. I and am here. He made a statement to me just a moment ago, and I said, we got to talk about that in the next half hour because I've talked about singularity. Now, that's the belief, the merging of man and machine uh, so that literally they believe you can live forever. Of course, that means they're going to want to just put your consciousness in a computer somewhere and uh, all the stuff about having a body and stuff goes the the way of the dodo bird however billy just said to me that there are people that are making predictions now 
the disease as we know it will be gone yep in 2050 yep um so that's not long that's 25 years away yeah so uh originally they were saying 2050 and then it's for about the last decade or more they've been saying uh by the mid 2040s uh so by 2045 uh humans would be able to live as long as you desired uh, and understand there've been there's been a lot of science fiction over the the years that have dealt with what happens when we become essentially immortal mm-hmm. um, and and in almost every case eventually people allow themselves to die in, yeah. in these, these works because part of the the human human condition as it is now in in a fallen world was never meant to live forever in a fallen world um it, it's we collect scars we we collect wounds as we go through life, uh, and even science fiction writers understand that at some point that becomes severe enough that you go, you know what? I'd rather see what comes next, right? Um, so <clears throat> there there have been articles floating around for more than a decade that that basically say by twenty forty five. But I saw an article uh, yesterday. It's Tuesday. Yeah, it was yesterday um, that said uh, an updated timetable. Um, death will be optional by 2030. 2030. Folks, that's eight years away. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with the breakthroughs that the Israelis have made recently. Um, the Israelis have discovered a very cheap, um, very simple methodology for extending natural life. Now, they have not dealt with disease yet. Um, and that is the big thing they're expecting in the next eight to ten years, um, is that we will also be able to eliminate the vast majority of all diseases uh, of which death results. So if you can extend human life such that you don't die of natural causes just because you get old, and you can eliminate disease, well, suddenly death is optional. And that's what they're talking about. Now, <clears throat> it's interesting that they arrived at a 2030 date. Uh and there are a whole lot of reasons 2030 is very interesting um, to me personally, but and and the research that I have done, and I know if Steve were sitting here, he'd be arching his eyebrows at me. Um, 2030 is a significant date. Um, okay, explain. So we know that Messiah was actually born somewhere between 3 and 5 uh, B.C. The zero is not really the year that, that Messiah was born, which means when you get to 2030, we are very, very, very close to being exactly 2,000 years, which is two biblical days, um, after the Messiah um, came uh, to do his work the first time around uh, and then ascended back into heaven. So if he was born three to five years B.C., then he ascended. He was, he was crucified, died, resurrected, and ascended somewhere about year 30 A.D., which brings us right to, at 2030, brings us right to the mark where uh, we would be two biblical days past that event. So, How interesting. How very interesting. And, and we, I keep seeing articles um, adjusting timetables, stuff that wasn't supposed to happen for another you know, 20 or 30 or 40 years. And people are going, no, we think we can get that done by 2030. No, we think we can get that done by 2030. So I'm not a date setter. I've never been a date setter. You end up looking like a fool and having to rewrite your book 37 times when you start setting dates. Mm-hmm. But the year 2030 is a year that I'm very interested in seeing come to pass. So it's interesting that they chose that date to slap that on. So what have these Israeli scientists figured out? Can you can you yeah. put it into, yeah, absolutely. you know, 
Um, I, I will give a brief technical explanation and then uh, an example I used with someone else the other day. So um, on the ends of your strands of DNA, there's something called a telomere. Uh, and every time the DNA replicates, it lops off a piece of that telomere. And I've that, read about this. Yes. When that telomere gets to zero, that piece of that strand of DNA can no longer replicate. So it dies. Um, and to think about that in in simple terms think of when you go to the store and buy a stalk of celery right you've got a nice long stalk of celery and then on the end you've got some leaves and then another little piece of celery and imagine that um, every time you walk into the kitchen you cut a piece of that off the end moving towards the leaves and the moment you get to the leaves regardless of what's left you have to throw that whole celery stalk in the trash that's kind of the way our dna is every time that it, it replicates every time that it gets used it cuts a little piece off the end. And what the Israelis found, and the reason I said you'll know that it's super simple, is that if they will put you in a hyperbolic chamber and then crank the oxygen way up in that hyperbolic chamber and leave you for two hours, I think it's two hours, uh, eight over uh, eight times in a two-week period, that suddenly all those telomeres come back. You, you essentially get to a reset button on telomere death. Um, and that is relatively cheap um relatively simple and relatively accessible anywhere in the first world so they've already the the israelis have already discovered that hey um we can extend natural life pretty dramatically how long we don't know yet but pretty dramatically so it's going to be interesting to see as these technologies start lining up and coming together there have been lots of you have to understand that we live longer today then people have lived historically unless we go all the way back to biblical times. Now, I, my personal opinion on that is that man is not immune to the laws of thermodynamics. I believe that the generation that came before was naturally healthier, and the generation before them was naturally healthier, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, all the way back to Adam, who would have been the healthiest individual ever created. That's the reason we see him living 900 years, and we see Methuselah living 969 years. It's the reason we see that happening, and man's trajectory has followed the law of thermodynamics, is that everything moves from a state of order to chaos. So has mankind. We've just gotten really good at medicine. Um, I read an article three or four months ago that said, if it weren't for modern medicine, the average lifespan right now would be about 42 years. We wouldn't be here at this point. It's only because of modern medicine that we keep our bodies moving forward after that. So it's interesting that um, the the single, the second largest, I suppose, judgment of God was to come down and, and look at the Tower of Babel and go, uh-uh, um, y'all want to be gods, and we just not, aren't going to allow that to happen. Yeah, you're not, we're not going to let you build something to heaven. Right, and yet today um, we have made it to a place technologically where the language barrier isn't much of a barrier anymore. And we have said, you know what? We want to be just like God. We want to live forever. Mm-hmm. And we think we can do that in the next eight to ten years. Um, that is a scary proposition. And I say that is a scary proposition only in that there's a whole bunch of really bad stuff that has to happen well, sure. between now and the good stuff, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not worried about the, the, the destination. The destination looks great for those of, who are, of those of us who are saved in the Lord, right? Uh, that, that is a beautiful thing that is coming. However... Scripture is pretty clear that the time between where we are and getting to that destination is going to be really, really ugly. Mm-hmm. So um, some bad things have got to happen, unfortunately. It's going to be interesting because, I mean, look, once we figured out the human genome, 
Mm-hmm. It was only a matter of time before you could defeat a lot of these diseases. Absolutely, absolutely. And and that's what we're starting <clears throat> to see now. I mean, look, when you talk about uh, cancer, it's not like it used to be back no. in the '60s when people would say they've got cancer. Yep, yep. They'd whisper it because it was a death sentence, and you knew it was a death sentence. Yep. Uh, uh, the, you you read you see the commercials on television just like I do about people who have had breast cancer that has metastasized in their body and they have methodologies now of treating that yep. and they live longer. Yep. Yeah, and so here's where I'm gonna put on my conspiracy cap just a little bit. <laughs> my honest opinion is that if they really wanted to and I use the big general global they out there. If they really wanted to, we'd already have a cure for cancer. The The problem with that is there is so much money to be made. Oh, yeah. I don't disagree with cancer. that. Not curing cancer. Treating, treating cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, that's, I think that's by and large true for a significant number of diseases. Um, you have to understand, and I know that that sounds tinfoil hat conspiracy. It really does. But understand that big business is in business to make money. Not to make you healthy. <laughs> uh, Sorry. I, I would agree with that as well. All right, got about 12 minutes left. Uh, let's take our final break, then we'll come back and fin- and uh, spend a few more moments uh, with uh, with Billy. And, and let's extrapolate, if you can live longer, you know, what are some of the negative side effects of, of that? And I can think of one right off the top of my head. And we'll uh, bring it up when we come back here on the uh, the dave ellswick show don't forget about uh, pat davis it's time for you to uh, you know make your choices on health care uh out there uh and pat can help you with that he'll make sure that you have health insurance not a uh, a share plan you'll make he'll make sure that you've got a provider uh, any provider that you want to use and just use it in the methodology he talks about that can save you 30 to 50% on the health insurance itself and make it so you don't have to pay any co-pays. That in itself is a huge savings if you don't have to pay co-pays. And on top of that, sometimes you get uh, checks back from, you know, the folks over at the urgent care center or the hospitals and things of that nature. I mean, that's the best of all of this. If you start getting, you go and you get treated and you get a check back from the hospital after you've been treated, that's pretty cool to say the least. So you call Pat Davis. I'm not good at trying to explain all this. He's a professional on it. Call him at 501-605-6935. That's 501-605-6935. Or visit him online at your health plan man that's one word your health plan man.com all right seven minutes left uh, to eight o'clock and we're just about done with the tuesday edition tomorrow uh jason rapert will be with us state senator jason rapert will be with us we'll have some folks on uh from uh harding university and of course congressional uh, folks, uh, French Hill and uh, uh, Bruce Westerman will join us tomorrow. We'll make our little trip up to Washington, D.C. and find out what exactly is 
going down up there. So uh, we'll see what uh, our two congressmen have to say. So that's tomorrow here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, don't forget Thursday, uh, I've got uh, somebody who's going to be on. You haven't heard from him in a while, but he's going to be back with us. And uh, Jim DeMint is going to be with us. Always fun to hear what the former senator has to say. So we'll look forward to what he has to say. And Michael Cutler will be on, and he's going to call, talk about the gov, or the president, and the FBI, and uh, the DOJ, and uh, being a domestic terrorist. So we'll talk about that as well. So a lot of good stuff coming up this week. And then Thursday night, I'll be going to the movies because Dune opens up Thursday night, and I'm looking, I'm looking forward to to seeing that movie. I I just started reading the book again right slowly making my way through it and i already found stuff right at the very beginning i forgot about it's going to be interesting to see when it's on all right so i said so you billy's been talking about the some israeli scientists have figured out a way to uh you know extend your life expectancy and uh it's been proven pretty significantly now that they can extend it a lot here's my question what's one of the biggest problems that we got here on planet earth and in fact uh, has been talked about just recently about running out of food because there's going to be too many people now we've talked look scientists have been talking about running out of food forever and and farmers have figured out how to get more bushels of whatever out of the ground uh, over and over and over again so that just hasn't happened uh, where people are mass starvation situations However, as far as room goes on Mother Earth, we might run out, kind of run out of out of uh, room. Now, I know there's a lot of room still left in the United States, but do you want to live in the middle of a desert? That's yeah. the question. Well, you know, we, we are blessed in this country um, because our population density is so low compared to some places in um, the world. I mean, go look at Mexico City. Um, go look at Bangladesh, go look at, you know, there there are lots of places in the world where people are living directly on top of each other, where you've got um, thousands of people. That's why they're people. living up and not right, uh, horizontally. Right. Um, and the food issue is a concern, um, but we, we, you know, there's been a lot of technology thrown at the whole how do we feed the world thing over the last 30 years. Um, there's been some really interesting things coming out of Japan Um you know, Japan being one of those countries that where they just absolutely don't have enough land, um, they're growing food vertically in sky rises mm-hmm. uh, or skyscrapers. Um, so that's that's pretty interesting technology. Um, there's a lot of you know growing algae in big vats and then trying to turn it into something edible. Uh, that just doesn't sound particularly appeasing or appealing to me, but. Uh, I guess if you're starving, it's it's an option. Hey, you can go to Burger King and eat a hamburger that doesn't have meat in it. Look, I've had the Impossible Whopper. Um, Is it all right? It's it's pretty tasty. Uh, you're going to go, yeah, that's not meat, but you're not going to go, ooh, that's bad. Okay. Um, and it, I want to say it's right at the same price as a regular Whopper, too. So it's, you know, uh, we did the vegetarian, vegan thing for a while, uh, just helping – trying to help with my blood sugar and get my blood sugar under control and, and i did there for a while um until i got some better meds <laughs> was able to go back to eating the way i had been eating <laughs> but but uh not a bad burger not a bad burger so uh, i i don't do that 
when, when I was doing that, I did not do that because of all the fruity tooty save the world stuff. I did that because uh, I was trying to save me, right? Yeah. So. Just remember this. Whatever we do to offset a lot of the things of what the world is like, the world has a way of balancing it out, so yep. to speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. This way it works. And there's still someone in control. God's yeah, still on the throne. He is always on the His throne. His plans will always come to fruition. All right, Billy, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you yes, next sir. Tuesday. Hopefully, we'll have Scott and Steve here as well, and you won't have to carry the whole load hey, by yourself. Yeah, but mind. you can do I it. You've done it many, many times. So, Dave Ellswick show. Don't forget, uh, we've got State Senator Jason Rayford on the first half hour of the show tomorrow, right here on the Dave Ellswick show. Bright shining the sun. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.